You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 367. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 367. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey. Well, hello, baby. Well, hello. Well, hello. Happy November. Happy November. Which sounds weird because we're not in November when we're recording this. But right. The- so essentially my birthday is tomorrow. No. This is coming out on the 2nd. Oh, so it would be, it's uh, gonna it'll be, be on Wednesday. It'll be election day is tomorrow. That's right. So we're coming to you from the past. So hopefully I'll still be alive for my birthday. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, we don't know with everybody fucking standing by and all that bullshit. You just don't know. You just don't know. But we are going to have a good ass time until any that's of right. that happens. That's right. If the world ends, let's have a good ass time until. That's right. Until we're party like it's 2020. One? <laughs> 2019, and we're like it. <laughs> if I would have well, known. Yeah. 2019. I would have fucking partied so much more in 2019. <laughs> I would have been at every social function. Yeah, right? I, yeah. I we mean. We would have. Yeah. I miss it. I do. I miss group gatherings. I was just mm-hmm. talking today to my naturopath about, <laughs> I think, I don't know if we mentioned this on the show before, where I saw a funny meme that was like, oh my God, remember blowing out candles for birthdays? <laughs> and then we all eat yeah. that cake yeah. that just got spit on. Mm. I feel like that's going to change. That's good. I hope. Yeah. So anyway. Nothing like a little COVID cake. <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't want your COVID cake. <laughs> Get that COVID cake out of my face. Oh my goodness. So we have... A topic today that I've actually heard so many people struggle with, and I've never done a topic like Hmm, this. Interesting. Okay. And it is all about cultivating self-trust. Self-trust. Okay. I'm interested to hear what the definition of that is. Yeah. We, We have talked about trusting other people. Sure. And there are some... You know, there's another pod that I've done on that, which we'll definitely link to in the show notes if you've found yourself in that place where you just don't trust others. But I think there's this different dynamic when we don't trust ourselves, mm. when we don't trust ourselves to follow through on something, or maybe we got taken advantage of in a financial scam, and you're like, I don't, I don't think I could ever trust myself to make a decision like that again, or right. things of that nature. And so we're going to dig into all of that today. Interesting. Okay. But you know, you know. You know. We got a segment that we like to call. Would you rather? And today, we've got your everyday average run-of-the-mill would you rather. It's a basic bitch. It's a basic bitch would you rather. (laughs) Would you rather be super strong or read minds? So basically have a lot of physical ability or have a lot of mental ability. Oh, 
supernatural. Well, I was just thinking about like if the world ends or if it becomes this civil war or this whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. Both of those would come in handy. Both of them would. I know. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, physical strength would be great. Sure. Also, is there something really fun about being a small 5'1 woman that could just like handle <laughs> yeah. business? You know, it's like lift a car up, throw yeah. it across the road. I'm like, I got this. <laughs> you know, there's something about that that would be kind of incredible. That would be amazing. But I also feel like being able to read, oh, that's, that's tricky because I don't it's always dangerous. know. Both of them have their dangers. Come on. Ah. Uh, I just don't know if I would want to know what people are thinking. Can you turn it off I and on? I want to know what you're thinking. <laughs> yes, get Tell it. Tell me what's on your mind. Don't do it too long. We'll have to pay royalties. <laughs> <laughs> Is it past 10 seconds or something? <laughs> something like that. Okay, but so can you turn it off or on as far as the mind reading stuff? Or are you are you constantly, every time you walk by somebody, you know exactly what they're thinking? Oh, that's good. Okay, let's put parameters on that. Yeah. Uh, you have control of on, an on-off switch. Okay. But sometimes it goes out of control. Oh, it does? It's it's like life. It goes rogue. It's, yeah. Sometimes life just goes rogue. Like Hashtag for me, 2020. Like, like, for exa- <laughs> <laughs> like for me, now my MacBook, sometimes my camera works, sometimes yeah. my camera doesn't. Yeah. It goes rogue. It goes rogue. I can choose to turn it off and on, That's but right. sometimes it fucking goes rogue. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's also kind of shitty because does it ever go rogue in the way of you want it to turn on and it won't turn on and you can't read Possible. Things? Yeah. <laughs> Possible. Possible. That's how glitches work. That's how glitches work. Yes. <laughs> but your strength is just your strength. You're always strong. Uh, no, you can turn that on and off too. Oh. Yeah. That has to be fair. Come on. But do I have muscle tone? Like, do I look strong? <laughs> no, you just are. Okay. It's like, it, it's like uh, ant strong. Like, they don't look very strong, but they're strong. Right. Right? They just have – they can lift 15 times their body weight or 100 times their body weight or something crazy. Wow. Yeah, we need to fact check that because we, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> You're like, I'm on it. I'm on it. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what I would pick. I think – but I could still work out and get, like, the body tone that I want and be super strong. Uh, I think I'm going to go mind read. Yeah. Yeah, like you could then, you could seriously never, ever be manipulated ever again. And like even think about, okay, even if the world doesn't end and you go, you know, we were just talking about this. You go to get a mechanic to help you with some stuff on your car. Yeah. You could read their mind of like, if they're like, just give me money, lady. Yeah. You know, or they're like, ooh, here, here comes when we can get. Right. Yeah. So I think I'd be like, turn that on yeah. right now. But you don't know whether it's on or off. What do you mean? Uh, well, I guess you'd have to, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to. I'm telling you, I think it's going to be like my MacBook camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's so frustrating. Camera and the camera? It's Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Oh, camera. Okay, so did you fact check the ants? Yeah, it's uh, 10 to 50 times their body weight, depending on the type of ant. 10 to 50? Yeah. That is so such a huge variance. Well, it depends on the type of ant. Okay. Some ants are stronger than other ants, just like humans, right? Okay. All right. That wasn't nearly as exciting. Here's something I didn't know, just real quick. Ants are so small, their muscles have a greater cross-sectional area. They are thicker relative to their body size than, than in larger animals. So, like, the, the, everything is compact into a tinier space, so it makes them stronger. Oh, how interesting. Isn't that crazy? 
like the like sort of like the difference between gas molecules and water molecules. Right, like they're like, more compact. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Curious. And that's been Science Corner with Mr. Smith and Amy. <laughs> <laughs> a little a little, you know, a little add-on to the would you rather. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's a little extra for you. It's a little extra. Okay, so I'm picking Mind Read. What are you picking? I would definitely go with Mind Read. Yeah. You would too? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we would like to hear what you would rather. So we talk about this every Monday over in our Facebook community. It's called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club. After Hours. And it's an incredible group. Everybody is so kind and supportive of one another. It's a beautiful group of like-minded people. If you want in, it's a very exclusive, inclusive group. So go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That redirects you right over to our little corner of Facebook. And on Mondays, keep an eye out because we do the Would You Rather and everybody explains their reasoning and why they would pick it. And Mm -hmm. it's fun to hear everybody's reasons and rationale. We do a Warm Fuzzy Wednesday. We do bonus trainings every month. So... Uh, affectionately called Q and Slay. So if you have additional questions or I need support around this, you can submit those for me to sound off on during the monthly Q and Slay. So it's it's just a really great supportive environment. So again, show notes will have the link or thejoyjunkie.com slash club. After hours. Nice. Little, there's full <laughs> bonuses this, right? this week. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about cultivating self-trust. I'm curious, just throwing that out there to you, do you – do you feel like there are things, usually it's in the realm of self-sabotage, but do you feel like there are things that you don't trust yourself around? Like, I don't trust myself to follow through on that or um, to keep my word or... I find like it's more physical to me. Okay. Like, I don't trust myself to be able to lift that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I find it more physical. Or maybe like, I don't trust myself to not go off on a bitch. That That is definitely true. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm really calm, cool, collected until I'm not. Right. Yeah. But then you put the disgrace of God into somebody. <laughs> like the way you don't yell and scream, you you make somebody feel like they have made the worst, most shameful decision of their life. I did that today actually. <laughs> but you but it's it's really powerful because you're you're calling people out on their shit. I remember when we were when we were little and we, when we were little, when we were little, well, you've never been little, but when we were young, <laughs> we had our very first apartment. There was a young couple that oh, lived yes. underneath us and they were playing music till all hours. He was a freaking DJ. I think that might've been a different regardless person. Anyway, <laughs> you gotta get the story right, <laughs> but they were loud and we had kept asking them, please keep it down, please keep it down. And we were cordial with them. Like we yeah, were, friend- we're friends. We were, hang out with them once in a while. Yeah, yeah. We were friendly with them. They were a lot younger than us. And so one time Mr. Smith decides he's like, I've had enough. It's like the middle of the night. It was like one thirty, Yeah. He goes downstairs. He walks into their apartment without knocking. <laughs> and he says, have I ever done anything to disrespect you? <laughs> <laughs> Just calm. Other than walk into your house un- unannounced. Like you know? calm, yeah. cool, and collected and just I'm going to shame you into submission. It worked. And just – and I'm being hyperbolic about that. But just really calling people out on their behavior instead of screaming and yelling. And, 
you know, have I ever disrespected you? So I saw the dude not too long later and he was like, dude, your husband put the fear of God in me. (laughs) 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 And I was like, good, because I'm the one screaming out of the window like, shut the fuck up, you know, but you're like, let me handle this. (laughs) So anyway, I don't know how we derailed on that with trust, but. We're going to dig into all of that. I think there are certain ways in which we don't trust ourselves. I think a huge piece of that is when we have done something in the past that we're not proud of, whether it's I stayed in a relationship where how could I not have seen that this person was cheating on me constantly or Mm -hmm. was gaslighting me or was abusive. I don't trust myself to be in a relationship again. Or maybe I made a bad investment or a bad financial decision and now I don't trust myself with money. Mm. I don't trust that I can make a decent decision. Sometimes it's around self-sabotage where we don't trust ourselves to follow through on a commitment that we've made, whether it's continuing on with our education or maybe it's a health and wellness goal or something and we're like, I just don't trust myself that I'll complete it or that I'll really go through it. So we're going to talk about that all today. So number one. The first thing that you've got to do is you've got to stop identifying in that way. You've got to stop saying, I don't trust myself because words really matter. And every time that you are saying that to yourself over and over again, you're enforcing it. You're reinforcing it. You're saying this is the truth. And we know that with brain science, if you continue to go down the same neural pathway, it becomes ingrained. And so you have to start shifting that a little bit in order for that pathway to not be so well-worn. So even using something that is what I like to call progressive language, where you are saying something like, I'm learning how to trust myself, or I'm exploring what it looks like to trust myself, you, you know, you might not be able to claim right off the bat, I fully trust everything that I do or I trust myself completely. You might not be able to say that right away. That might, you might get such an extreme kickback in your mind that you have to gently get yourself into that. So I think progressive language is one of the best avenues to do that. For sure. But for the love of God, stop identifying that way. Stop putting that brand or that label on yourself. That is one very, very basic tactic that you can start immediately. Yeah. And that goes kind of for everything. We've talked about this in the past. If you are obsessed with what people think, if you're a people pleaser, if you're a perfectionist and you don't like that, stop claiming it. Right. Stop labeling yourself that way. (laughs) You're just reinforcing something that you do not want and it's not helpful. So once you've acknowledged that, now let's start shifting that semantics. Yeah. Number two, you definitely have to do some work on forgiveness, on some self-forgiveness. Okay. Most of the time, like I said, we have a difficult time trusting ourselves because of some kind of behavior that we've done in the past. Maybe it's even a whole slew of relationships. I've constantly set up boundaries and then allowed them to get walked all over. I don't trust myself in, I don't trust myself with boundaries. Yeah. I don't trust myself to allow the right people into my life. So, most of the time that has been shaped by one specific chapter of your life or an incident or a relationship. So it's important that we do that work on forgiveness. So 
I'll definitely make sure that we link to the for the self-forgiveness pod in the show notes because there is a whole kind of process with that. And what I will say about letting go of the past, letting go of self-blame, self-blame is also very much tethered to trust. The deal with forgiveness is in the realm of personal development, I think Forgiveness, self-forgiveness is one of the most challenging things to work through. Really? I do. In fact, we go through towards the beginning of Deep Down and Dirty, which is my, you know, my primary signature program, we go through an entire week of forgiveness. And I've done forgiveness work at retreats that I've hosted and all sorts of stuff, different things that I've collaborated with other colleagues and practitioners and of all of the topics, it is the one that we have the hardest time wrapping our mind around. Really? Yeah, because most for most of us, it's historical, it's historical and it's relative to some sort of trauma in our past. Mm. Trauma we experienced in a relationship, trauma we experienced uh, with family or our caregivers, primary caregivers. And so we've created this thing that is our fault. This is my fault. And sometimes it's, uh, it's okay. sometimes it's external too, you know, like lack of forgiving for other people. But I think what what it really comes down to, the reason why forgiveness is so hard for us to wrap our heads around is because our society and the way we're taught about forgiveness is is usually equating forgiveness to condoning the behavior. Uh. So if I forgive myself for putting my child in danger, I'm saying that that was somehow okay. I see. And so we we have sort of a misrepresented definition of what forgiveness really is. So I also, if you have not gone to my free workshop, which will be listed for you in the show notes as well, I talk a lot about the relationship between blaming self and blaming other people hmm. and why that informs our lack of trust. It creates a shit ton of self-doubt and why that is really embedded in our subconscious. So consciously you can go, I know I would never do that again. I know that I would never put my child in that situation again. Or I know I would never make a financial investment without doing my due diligence. I know I would never allow myself to be treated like that by a family member or in a dating relationship. We know it consciously, but subconsciously there's an embedded belief. It lives in our bodies. Right. That's why it's so hard to get rid of, huh? Right. That is saying something otherwise. That's what happens with self-sabotage. And mm. we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. It's deep in the software. That's right. And sometimes it is epigenetics. It's from our past. Sure. It's the traumas of our parents and, right. and their parents, et cetera. In fact, this is a trip. I just learned this from my naturopath today. She said that there was an experiment that was done with mice where these mice were exposed to the scent of orange blossoms and right as they were exposed to the scent of orange blossoms, they threw a bunch of balls at them. And so they got scared and like, oh, my gosh, incoming, you know what yeah. I mean? And like running around like, oh, my God. They then had babies. They had all of these mice have yeah. babies. Yeah. They had obviously a controlled group and a test group. 
and then the babies of the ones who were exposed and then thrown balls at them, when they smelled orange blossoms, they cowered in fear. They cowered in fear and scattered and ran around like they had danger coming. Right. From a scent. Yeah. So you better fucking believe that what your mom went through, what your dad went through, is living in your cells. That's how genes work. And we compound our trauma, right? And so that's why we're always saying when we're healing, we're healing generations. We're Mm. healing all of the the various uh, traumas that have happened through the lineage. Interesting, yeah. So it's pretty crazy. There's been several tests like that, studies like that. It's fascinating to me. There was one that uh, they did with monkeys, real quickly, that um, they fed them all kinds of fruits, but they would inject something that made them a little bit sick into grapes. Oh. And then one generation later, even if the grapes don't have that in it anymore, the babies wouldn't eat the grapes. Mm. Yes. Right? It, and it's not like it's a verbal, hey, child, don't eat that grape. <laughs> right, right. It's it's this innate behavior that we do. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it's pretty so crazy. We, we have the stuff that is built into our cells, into our DNA. And then we also have learned behavior. We have what has been modeled for us that we learn as being acceptable or not. So bottom line is you have to do the work to let go of – Any of these stumbling blocks from your past that are haunting you now. Mm. I'll give you an example. Uh, One of the things that changed for me dramatically was how I invest in my business. Many years ago, we we invested in a marketing program. Yeah. And it was awful. It was not following through on its promises. We tried to get our money back. We were sorely disappointed. The person handled themselves extremely poorly. It was quite embarrassing, to be honest, on their behalf. And I went into this place of like, oh, I'm a, oh my God, I can't believe I spent money on that. We were in a much more tight financial place at the time. It was a big step for us to do that. Yep. Now, I could have very easily gone into a place of, I can't be trusted. I cannot trust myself. Instead, I recognized, okay, because of that scenario, I now will approach investing differently. Mm -hmm. And I have. I recognized in that scenario, oh, I'm attracted to charisma. So if, and most of us are, if somebody sells something to you with a bunch of charisma and zest and authority and being very gregarious, you're immediately like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. And I recognized, okay, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to see all of the things much more clearly because I got duped, Mm -hmm. right? Now, I also had a situation where I had a friend of mine who we were very, very close. And I think, I still speculate that there was something on the narcissism sociopathy pattern with this friend of mine. And obviously, I can't diagnose him. I don't know that. But when I found out certain things about him, I felt like, oh, my gosh, if I felt I can't even trust myself of who can I believe in friends? Like, I thought we were totally friends. But the shift, the reframe in that is, oh, now I'm going to see those things through such a clearer lens. So I think... 
shifting that perspective, and this is what the forgiveness work is really all about, is instead of me wallowing in the perspective of I can't be trusted, it's, oh, I have a lot more information now so that now when I make these financial decisions or now when I invest in my business or now when I start dating someone, I'm going to see all of these things through a more enlightened perspective. Yeah, that happened to me through relationships. Like, I thought, oh, man, I'm never going to have a relationship that works. Look at how all these are failing. And then finally I went, wait, I've learned a lot from all these failed relationships. Maybe I can use that experience to make one work. Right. <laughs> right? And a lot of that is a, is very simple reframing. reframing. It's a very simple perspective. It's a great word for it. It's, you know, you can stay in that place of, I can't be trusted, I can't be trusted. But like I said with the number one, you've got to stop fucking saying that because right. you're creating that reality. If you start saying, I have learned from my experiences, or I will be so much more aware, or even something like, I am such a different person now, those are starting to acknowledge what that situation in your life was. Mm -hmm. I needed to experience that. I needed to understand that so that I could progress. Right. Like if you wouldn't have learned those lessons in your relationships. We wouldn't have worked. You wouldn't have manifested your solely. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I take all responsibility for that because I'm You not. should. <laughs> you should. All right. So keep an eye on the show notes for the additional pods that we've done on forgiveness and blame. But I also want to highly suggest that you check out my workshop. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And in that process, I talk about five major shifts that you must do if you want to get to a place where you've let go of this distrust in self. And it's getting you to that place where you genuinely believe in yourself. One of the biggest things that I see people talk to me about is this self-doubt. That's very much in tandem with self-trust. And there is a link with our subconscious and our conscious mind, and I talk about it in that workshop. So please, please, please go have a watch through it if you have not. Have a pen and paper handy. It'll be extremely enlightening for you. And in that workshop too, I talk all about my program, Deep Down and Dirty. And so if you have gotten yourself in a place where your behaviors are constant perfectionism, taking care of everybody else, people-pleasing, being so highly invested in the opinions of others, trying to control things, all of that stuff are, are the behaviors that we employ because we feel like shit internally. Sure. Because we don't trust ourselves, because we don't believe in ourselves, because we don't think that we're enough. Hmm. So we turn to all of these things, overachieving, controlling, people-pleasing, all of that. So a lot of times we think, I just got to stop this behavior. And it's like, no, no, you have to rewire the internal compass. Right. That's why a lot of times when you just listen to a podcast here or there, you just read a book and you're not implementing or creating these new neural pathways in the mind, that's why nothing shifts. It's all just a nice fleeting good idea. Right. So anyway, if you're interested in truly changing that and you want to hear more about Deep Down and Dirty, that's your place to start, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And then you'll see an opportunity at the very end if you want to talk about working with me further and you want to talk about exactly what's going on with you in your life, you can book a call with a member of my team and you can discuss if Deep Down and Dirty is a good ass kicking for you to start shifting all of this stuff and getting yourself to that place of of genuinely believing that you are enough. 
Okay, so we've got the forgiveness work. Now, number three, start tallying all the ways that you can trust yourself. Mm. And I want to encourage you to keep a tangible running list, either on an app on your phone, uh, in a paper planner, anything that you can do. Because here's what we do. We look back at something that we've done in the past and we go, I can't trust myself. Because of that one situation or because of that one pattern of behavior. But we don't look at the other litany of behaviors that we do where we are totally consistent. I can trust myself to do to brush my teeth every day, twice a day. <laughs> yeah. I can trust myself to drive. Right. Consciously and responsibly. I can trust myself to whatever it might be, fill in the blank, to to get dressed every single day. Or I can try. We have to start with these small things because there are a myriad of things that you are, you can count on yourself for. But we just don't tally them because we think that they're irrelevant. And then we focus all of our energy on these one, these, these sticking points where we sure. don't feel like we can trust ourselves. Mm -hmm. Can you trust yourself to be uh, there for your kids? Can you trust yourself to be there for a coworker? Can you trust yourself to be somewhere on time? Can you trust yourself to be somewhere late? Right? Like that's <laughs> something that you can trust yourself for. And right. we disregard those things. So start keeping some kind of running list. Interesting. Okay. Number four, this is very much in tandem with forgiveness work, but get clear on responsibility. So what this means is, for example, let's say you got swindled in some sort of financial deal. Somebody wanted you to invest in a bunch of stuff and they took they took all your money. And now you've built up this belief that I can't be trusted with my finances. I, mm -hmm. I cannot trust myself to make sound investments. And it's now affecting you in your financial world, your financial house. You have to get clear in those instances of who's responsible for what. Were you responsible for the swindling that went on? No. There's somebody else who needs to be responsible for really poor behavior. It's their responsibility that they behaved so awful, right? right. Same thing in relationships or in marriage. Let's say you're with somebody who was cheating on you the entirety of your relationship and you go, Hi, I could never trust myself again. I thought that was real. Now we're not putting any responsibility on that person being incredibly manipulative, sure. being unable to be honest and authentic. And let's just kind of put this out there. People who get taken advantage of, the people who do that are usually looking for really kind-hearted, sweet people to take advantage of. Right. We need to remember that sometimes the reasons that we get, get duped in relationships or friendships or financial situations is because we're genuinely good people. So we need to recognize my responsibility is to own my piece. Their responsibility is to recognize that they behaved poorly. Now, they may never, but you can still separate it and go, you know what? I was doing the best that I thought I had at the time. I did think that they were a trustworthy individual. I did think that that love was real, I, whatever the case may be. And they are responsible for what they did mm -hmm. in the relationship. Far more often, we take the blame. We take all of it. 
and we don't let them take any responsibility sure. for how shitty they behaved yep. and, and what, what they've done. So that is another piece of forgiveness, right? That would be external forgiveness. That's forgiving other people yep. for what they've done. But taking that all on yourself is is a fallacy because it's not all yours to carry. Sure. All right. Number five is address self-sabotage. This is another place okay. where we don't feel like we can trust ourselves. It's like I can't trust myself when I make a commitment to work out every day. I just blow it off. Right? Uh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. I can't trust myself to go on a walk. I can't trust myself to save my money. I end up spending. So this is another reason why I would highly suggest you check out the workshop that I've been mentioning is because what what's happening here is what's called cognitive dissonance. It is where you know something consciously and then subconsciously there's a programming, there's a wiring that's in opposition to what you know consciously. You may have heard me talk about this before. Con our conscious mind is, I mean, people speculate that it's between somewhere like 5 to 10% of our mind. And our subconscious is closer to like 90, 95%. Wow. So that means if consciously I know I should be working out, consciously <laughs> I know I should be eating this way, consciously I know I should stop smoking cigarettes, consciously blah, 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 blah. <laughs> if you've got 95% running the show 95 percent of deep-seated old beliefs that register that there's fulfillment from smoking that there's fulfillment from eating that food that there's a a, pay, a payoff right. for not working out guess which one's gonna win yeah and guess where willpower is housed in your subconscious i'm assuming no in your conscious oh your conscious really it's in that small five percent that five to ten five to twelve percent of the mind Interesting. So that's why we go, I need more willpower to follow through so I can trust myself. No. What you need to do is fix all the subconscious bullshit that is is telling you that there's a payoff for all of these these things that you're trying to stop. Right. Right. That's one of the reasons why in Deep Down and Dirty there's a hypnosis element because hypnosis targets the subconscious, subconscious mind, mind and we start rewiring the fuel, like what's right. really driving all of your behavior. Yeah. So that's why we we think it's all in the that willpower. I just need to I know what I need to do. Why can't I just do it? Well, because there's subconscious stuff running the show. And that really is kind of like a root issue versus a surface issue. We think that it's about why can't I just quit smoking? But at the at the root level, there is something much deeper that's happening. So this is another thing that I talk about a lot in that workshop. So please be able to, to check that out, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And I've done other podcasts specifically on self-sabotage, so I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And then finally, number six, one of the best ways to stand in self-trust is to stay in the present moment or to Pull yourself into the present moment because most of the time we're either in the past, regrets, things that we beat ourselves up over, I can't believe I did that, whatever it might be, or we're in the future, which usually sounds like anxiety, what ifs, fear, mm -hmm. impending doom. And most of the time it's we're looking at I couldn't trust myself then so I can't trust myself in the future. 
I see. Instead okay. of recognizing who am I right, right now? now. Mm. How have I changed now? Because a lot of times the way the self-talk pops up is it says things like, see, you never follow through. See, you you can't read people the way you think you can. See, <laughs> you can't make good financial decisions. See, you never f- finish what you start. And so the inner critic will really attach to that. So watch out for that. Be listening for that self-talk. But one of your easiest ways to tap into the present moment is through your senses, is to go, what can I see right now? What can I hear? What can I smell? What can I taste? What can I touch? That will lock you into the present moment. And then look at, and you could choose just one of those. You know, the minute you start focusing on what you're seeing, like I'm looking outside and looking at these beautiful trees, I'm totally present when I'm focusing on what are my eyes seeing. Right. And then you can say, here's the woman or here's the man I am now. Mm. Yeah. I am trustworthy. And you can focus on the that list that you've made. Here are all the ways I can trust myself. Here are the ways I forgive myself for these past scenarios, these past situations. So much of it comes down to how you engage with yourself. I mean, if you think about trusting other people, you oftentimes need consistency from them. You need effort from them. You need to see a behavioral change. Well, what's happening with yourself? You've had plenty of behavioral changes. Sure. You've had plenty of consistency. You're just acutely focused on this one incident in the past. Yeah. Instead of focusing on building trust in self now. Here are all of the ways I can follow through. Here's all of the ways that I'm letting go of forgiveness or letting go of those forgiveness issues. Here here are the ways in which I am not blaming myself anymore and I'm moving on and I'm staying connected to the woman or the man I am now. Hugely, hugely important. Hmm. Okay. And that definitely plays into our self-talk, how you are speaking to yourself, catching yourself when you go back into that place and bringing yourself back and saying, you know what? I'm a different woman now. Or I choose to be in the present. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Quick little recap. Cultivating self-trust. Number one, stop fucking identifying as I don't trust myself. You've got to start switching that up, adopting something that feels more powerful. Number two, do your forgiveness work. And you might have to do that over and over and over again, my friend. And working on letting go of the past And recognizing that because of those things, you will now address relationships differently. You will address financial decisions differently because of those things that you've been beating yourself up over. It's a perspective shift. Number three, start telling all the ways you can trust yourself. Keep that running list. Number four, get clear on responsibility. Who is responsible for these various pieces in the relationship. If, if you were with somebody who cheated on you nonstop, that's not yours to carry. They need to claim and take responsibility. And so no matter what, you do not need to take it on. Whether they recognize it or not, if they always make you wrong, it is not yours to carry. Number five, deal with self-sabotage. Adjust to it. Address it. Looking at Root issues versus surface issues. That's a much deeper dive. Number six, stay in the present moment and watch that self-talk. 
So there you have it, some some steps to take to start cultivating self-trust. Any other little like last-minute thoughts? or? I guess the only thing that really stood out for me was if if you're taking notes, like if you're using some kind of app or a notebook or journal or something like that, like that I, I was struggling with the idea that your will couldn't overcome that and it has to be dealt with on a subconscious level. Because I, my thought is, well, if I'm taking notes on it, then I'm pretty serious and it'll probably get done, right? That's my conscious will in action. Right. Right? So if I'm doing that from a conscious will place, can I override that some consciousness? I mean, it seems pretty serious if you're like, well, I'm taking notes on I'm finding, doing all the things. Uh, these are all the things that I do trust myself with. And here's where I am self-sabotaging. And you're kind of keeping a... Yep. A running idea of what's happening. Can that be enough? Or do you have to really deal with the subconscious level? That really, really depends. So it could it depends on how deeply rooted the behavior the behavior is. That makes sense. And if it's related to some sort of trauma or situation that you have not addressed. Gotcha. But one of the things that you're talking about here is willpower. Willpower fatigues. Like if you have that will, like you said, like I'm sure. doing this. Willpower fatigues like a muscle. Kind so of like when you go to a conference and you're all jazzed up and then it kind of fades out. Yeah. Exactly. Or the way you start off your day and you're making all these good healthy decisions and then by the time you get to the <laughs> evening, you're like, fucking give me that wine. Yeah, right. Give me that ice cream. Right? It fatigues. But something that you are pointing at here is repetition. So one of the things that does condition the subconscious mind is repetition. The problem is that we usually don't do that repetition enough where it actually breaks free and becomes habit, which habits and beliefs are located in the subconscious. The willpower runs out before the habit forms. Exactly. Gotcha. That's why a lot of times people will take these personal development concepts and they'll be like, okay, I'm going to talk kindly to myself. And then they give up and they're like, mm. oh, it doesn't work. Right before it was going to drop into the subconscious and become <laughs> right, a new belief. Right, 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 right. That makes so sense. that's one of the reasons why we do so much of that in Deep Down and Dirty. And that's also why it's over almost four months is because it is to create that new conditioned response to things. So... Thank you for bringing that up. Again, yeah. be sure to check the show notes for additional podcasts and resources as well as the workshop so that you can come and hang out with me and get lots more information. And other than that, I think we'll see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Ms. and Mr. Smith, out. Out.